All right, in this episode, we're going to talk about tufa casting. I'm going to show you how I do tufa casting, kind of uh, an old Southwest tradition. Um, it's how I make some of my jewelry. Chorus is going to give us the lowdown on the submarine situation, Ocean Gate, as they say. I'm going to get lower than they did, dude. He's going to get real low. And then uh, we're going to talk about the Russia coup attempt and what I think about it. And then finally, we're going to talk about cryptocurrency and is it good, is it bad, what I think about it. Okay, first things first, this is my layout. Why don't you show the top down, and I can maybe explain some of these things here. Um, it's my crucible. Got some scrap silver in there we're about to melt down. This is my, some of my scrap silver here to reload. I don't know what the heck this is. Uh, and then this is the tufa. What does that mean? You don't know what that is. I actually don't know what it is. It's just some white substance that uh, I think it, it, it treats your crucible, but I don't know what it is. You know how to use it, but uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. I, yeah. It's some sort of nuclear combustion. <laughs> no. Uh, and then um, this is the petrified ash, which is called tufa. So it's just, you find it again on the side of the road um, in certain par parts of like Arizona and uh, you carve into it. And it's just a way to cast, cast stuff. So before I do much, I'm going to start it off with carburizing the tufa, which it already is. It's what makes it black. So when you carburize it, just use the acetylene here, it prevents the silver from sticking to the tufa post-cast. It helps at least. And it gets real dark, real black. I have used this mold before. So do you do that each time? Yeah, you don't absolutely have to, but... Yeah, it just it preserves the mold so you can reuse it. Okay. So we're properly carburized. Nice and black. And then you use old tire... Um, I'm going to make sure these are flush Then you use old tire, uh, an old rubber tire. Uh, I cut it up into little strands because it's elastic and you tie it nice and tight, make sure there's no gaps, at least no real big gaps. You set it up, make sure it's nice and stable. You don't want it falling over on you. Okay, the next step is heating up your crucible. It's gonna take a minute. Bring my crucible over. The other day I was doing this and my crucible fell off of my table and molten metal everywhere. No way. So lucky it didn't get on me. That could have been bad. <laughs> well, it burned right through my rug wasn't wise we're in a big garage here I wouldn't say there's a ton of ventilation right now but enough to where it's okay if I was doing this all day I'd probably get a headache wouldn't be good but do the top down see how red this stuff is so it takes probably like I don't know a few minutes but you gotta make sure you have enough silver in there that'll 
fill the mold. What, what fuel do you use in that tank? It's an acetylene tank. Some people, in, fa- in fact, m- most who do this would probably advise to use an oxyacetylene torch because it gets hotter. It feeds oxygen, which just heats it. This only gets oxygen through these holes right here on the actual torch tip. But it's just acetylene, and I use a, a large torch tip. I'm running actually pretty low on gas here, but should be fine. Throw some of this white substance in, and it goes up. That's <laughs> kind of cool. That looks incredible. <laughs> I want to say it's like laundry detergent, but it's not. I don't think. I heard something like that. But yeah, you're just heating it, heating it. I'm on my last tire because when you, you miss a little bit, it'll melt the tire. It's my last piece. I need to go get some more. and turn on some Jeopardy music. (laughs) So it's starting to get there. Not a lot of people do two-foot casting anymore. It's uh, kind of a primitive thing. A lot of people use regular um, lost wax casting, other types of casting. This, I like this because it's very, like remains one of a kind type of thing and it's less commercial. Not to say that the other type of casting is bad, but this is just what I utilize for some of my heritage pieces on my website. So we're getting there. Mix it up a little bit. The first cast always kind of takes the longest because the crucible's got to heat up. So I'm not sure I have quite enough. So I'll heat it a little bit. So you can use old scrap metal here, not scrap metal, scrap silver from previous projects, which is cool because it recycles. You kind of get to maintain some of your value for scrap some people just trade it in for cash or whatever store credit in fact the old guys we we showed this on one of the old episodes show and tells uh, they would trade in real jewelry for scrap the jewelers for more scrap and they would be able to make some more Okay, so we're pretty much there. I'm going to just pour it. Hopefully it's enough. You guys don't want to hear this all day. All right, here we go. See if I don't miss. In fact, I'm going to move my mic.
so it happened. I don't think I missed anything here. You want to wait for it to get less red. You could see that it was red. I did miss slightly here. I like a couple spots here, so should be fine. Okay. Now the reveal. Did it flow? Ooh, piece of silver in there. Okay, let's see. All right, here we go. Looks good to me. That's incredible. It's crazy how quick you can see the result. Yeah. And again, not a lot of people do it, so. See, it's kind of stuck to the mold here. I'm going to try my best not to damage it. What I'll do from here is I'll, I'll um, clean it up. Because if, yeah, if you can kind of see maybe a little bit, but there's where the vents are, it kind of goes out through the vents. So you got to clean some of that stuff up and then you can give it a design, a stamp, pattern, throw a stone on it, that type of thing. So we're... It's not coming off. Might damage the mold here. There it is. I'll quench it. That's just water. Pretty much immediately after you can handle it so cool i think it came up perfect so that's that now you guys know how to tufa cast i'll turn that into a squash blossom you guys witness the casting of the nausea live all right before we start the show real quick announcement um this week, I, last week rather, I made a bunch of these Sierra Nevada turquoise rings and they were, are currently available actually. Uh, so you can head on to chadbarella.com. These will be in my heritage section. Um, I believe there's 21 rings, all handmade by yours truly. Thank you for all your support. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. Happy to have you back. Chorus, you doing all right? I'm doing just fine. Very cool. Chorus is going to do something fun, a little different this show. I asked him if he would tell me what's the situation with Ocean Gate, with the submarine. So he's going to get, teach me some stuff here. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how much I actually Maybe. know about this. But uh, okay, so apparently uh, there was this deep sea craft that was supposed to be taking all of these rich people, all these millionaires on an excursion to visit the sunken Titanic. And uh, this is footage of the actual submarine here. 
deep submersible diving is very dangerous, but it is uh, it's high tech, you know. So there there was a lot of safety concerns. Is this a common uh, thing that's happened, or is this like a pioneer run? Uh, this is a service that this guy has been trying to sell for a few years. If I'm not mistaken, I think they were actually slated to take this um, this trip like in 2018. Uh, I'm not exactly sure on the dates, but I know that they have been pushed back multiple times in multiple years for safety concerns and, and like they're not ready. Can't imagine why. Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super, super weird. Uh, the other thing that's concerning is that um, there was weird stuff financially happening. So like the CEO of this business charged a family like $200,000. It was supposed to be these like payments that were being made slowly. And then at one point he just invoiced them for the rest of the trip said, hey, we need the payment in order to make this happen like overnight. So they go ahead and pay, and it seems like they kind of rushed the whole, the whole situation. Uh, but the more people dove into, into the actual way this thing functions, you know, let me pull up this video for you. So I have a question. Okay. Just to clarify, so this is like an excursion, a glorified excursion to see the Titanic. Yes. And this wasn't, hasn't been done before? Has it been done before? It, it's been done before. Actually, James Cameron has done this on a series, on a, a handful of different occasions. With other people? Uh, other people and by himself. He has, he has like a whole crew and a whole team. So I have a clip from him actually talking about, from his experience, what they should have and should not have done. Um, so visiting the Titanic is not new. I think these super tiny um, trips that are done without like a lot of experts where you can kind of rent your submarine and go do it. I think that's what's new or novel about this. And so this company was trying to become... So they're, they're un, um, unaccompanied They may excursions. have like a crew member, but I have a video that'll kind of show you how this thing moves and how it's like navigated. So you'll kind of get a better idea of, of uh, what's been going on. So here's a clip that was produced, uh, I think a few years back, promoting this actual uh, piece of machinery an experimental submersible vessel that has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body and could result in physical injury, disability, emotional trauma, or death. Well, that's the release form. Wow. Oh so pause real quick. I want to I want to watch this, but okay. So they cost how much to do it? This one family that was on board this was charged, I think, $250,000, somewhere in that ballpark. So they're wealthy people. Super wealthy. Yeah, this is not something that's available to general, you know, the general public. That even even so when, weird. when James Cameron went, I think he had to help develop the technology. So he had teams that were doing it. And, and so there were five people on this trip. But no, so this shows us the actual unit. This is the actual unit. And this is the team kind of gearing up in years past kind of promoting this piece of equipment and how it how it actually functions how it works okay wow inside how tiny the sub it is. has about mm -hmm. as much room as a minivan so this is not your grandfather's submersible and five we people were in there that's it it should be like it in elevated. one yeah it shouldn't it sounds terrible the titan is the only five person sub in the world that can reach titanic depths 2.4 miles below the sea it's also the only one with a toilet, sort of. And yet, I couldn't help noticing how many pieces of this sub seemed. I can't believe anybody wanted to do that we with that kind of money. Shelf components. I got these from uh, Camper World. We run the whole thing with this game controller. That's not a joke. That's that, very that bizarre. Is, that is a generic brand game controller on that you can buy on Amazon. And everything depends on that. Yeah, apparently that's the way you navigate this thing. 
So there, if that this, goes out, you're, you're out. This and that one like little green button up there, you click that button and it, it's supposed to drop down to the depth that they've predetermined and then you use your game controller to navigate. So sketchy. Super weird. <laughs> Come on! So, yeah, that's not a joke. So, hold on. So they, that guy who was doing that, expo, was it an expose? Was yeah. it, what was he critical about or was he just like... Uh, I think that was actually just old footage that's been recut from when they were promoting it. How weird. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a very good promotion because they were laughing at the technology. Yeah, I think, I, you know, maybe it's like, yeah, oh, it's that's so like easy. A, you know, how crazy that we're, we live in a time when you can get to the Titanic with a little game controller. You know? How weird. And so this was the first excursion in one of these things. I, they have done them in the past um, and they've had issues. So they've come back up or they haven't gone as long as they thought. And so instead of just testing it, or maybe they tested They've it. They've done tests, so that that's part of the, the the thing is there's been a lot of delays with this with this uh, particular excursion because they were doing testing and said they were trying to fix equipment and trying to like level up the the pod. Yeah, they should have done like one person and five dogs. <laughs> yeah, they should have sent like a chimp first. <laughs> <laughs> sent Doctor Fauci and the Beagles. That is super weird. Interesting. Um, okay, so they're they're. Um, so, so my, where I was at, I was like a week ago and I heard about this and, and they were, um, it was missing and they had like eight hours to find it or, uh, you know, based on the oxygen levels or something. And so what ended up happening? So the, the timeline of events is kind of sketchy here. Uh, after uh, it was confirmed that they found all of the material of the craft, like on the bottom of, of the ocean, uh, the Navy came out and said, Oh, by the way, we think we heard that thing implode like days ago. So we're pretty sure we already heard it. Like with their, they have underwater microphones, I guess. So that's just like water pressure. It caused it to just. Yeah. So water pressure causes it to implode. And so it's, it's under so much, you know, so much pressure from the weight of the ocean that it just crumbles like in a millisecond. So that's one of the things that should not have happened at all. Right? I mean, engineering-wise, it's like... Well, you would think that every bit of engineering that goes, in, goes into this is preventing that from happening. So they're obviously going to get sued out... You would think so. ...out the wazoo. But they actually, they signed the contract. They did sign a lot of contracts. But and there still also has the, to be some sort of... Have you followed the son's behavior at all in this? No. I okay, don't know Okay, so one, one of these billionaires that, that was aboard, um, people started looking for his family because, like, you know, what's happening with this? No, okay, I did hear vaguely about this, but... He's a billionaire's son. Billionaire's son, and his dad is missing uh, at the bottom of the ocean, and he goes to a Blink-182 concert and is posting on, on socials, like, oh, I'm having such a great time After with this show. After all the news had broke. Yeah, so the whole world is looking for his, ha- his dad, and he's at a show. He's also DMing OnlyFans girls, and people are posting screenshots. Like, this dude is weird. Like, why is he do- so disconnected from what's happening? You know, very weird, odd behavior. Huh. So this is the whole situation. What made me think of that? He's like, oh, is their family going to sue? I'm like, well, this guy seems like he's oblivious to the whole situation, doesn't care what happens. Yeah. Very odd. So yeah, the, the whole timeline of events is weird. They don't know, you know, if that was for sure the explosion. If the implosion event was when it actually happened. Well, yeah, with the, when the audio that the Navy heard. But Did they find the wreckage? They found the wreckage. They found the controller. I saw a picture of the controller. Oh my God. No, no, there's no way. They did. I, well, maybe it was a meme, but I swear <laughs> I saw a picture of a controller in the water. That's crazy. I mean, in the bottom it, of the, the sea. bottom of the ocean. Yeah, maybe they did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then, and then there was this other occurrence that happened that was like made this whole thing more eerie. And it was like the day before I think they found the wreckage or they ran out of oxygen, they reported they heard tapping. 
like knocking and they were trying to figure out where the knocking was Oh, and was it was consistent, from. right? Yeah. So like, are they trying to like send a signal? What's happening with the knocking? But if, if that original explosion sound or implosion sound was them, you know, dying multiple days before that, what was that sound? So that's a whole other weird layer of like, what mm. was that that you were listening to? Fish ghosts. It's all fish ghosts it's from the bottom ghosts, of the... <laughs> yeah. No, that's, uh, that's a joke. I wasn't serious, everybody. Um, okay, is that it? Is there anything else? Yeah, here, I'll play this clip for you. It's just interesting that uh, James Cameron, the movie maker James Cameron, if I didn't make that clear. So he directed Titanic, Titanic? Okay. and he is an enthusiast with uh, submersibles and the Titanic and has made multiple descents down. At a certain point, he was like the person who had the world record for the deepest depths of, of human travel. Oh, wow. Um, so he's pretty well-versed on this kind of thing, and he posted this video a couple days ago. So Ocean Gate shouldn't have been doing what it was doing. I think that's pretty clear. I wish I had been more vocal about that, but I think I was unaware that they weren't certified uh, because I wasn't really studying it. I wasn't really interested. Stockton Rush asked me if I wanted to go out there and dive this season. You know, I that's the founder of the company or something. James Cameron, so. director of the movie Titanic and an underwater explorer, has made more than 30 dives to the wreckage site. It's not lost on me as, as somebody who studied the, the meaning of Titanic, that it's about warnings that were ignored. That ship's lying at the bottom of the ocean, not because of the nature of its steel or the nature of its compartments, but just because of bad seamanship. The captain was warned. There were icebergs ahead. It was a moonless night, and he plowed ahead. Hmm. wonder why he would do that. I wonder why he would say seamanship. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just, I'm sorry. I'm so immature. Um, <laughs> have you ever heard of the uh, the conspiracy theory about the Titanic? Yeah, is it with the uh, bankers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard bits and pieces. So the idea is that there was, it was is during the founding of the Federal Reserve, I think it must have been 1912, and a bunch of, Funny enough, only mostly wealthy people. I guess it wasn't mostly wealthy people that only wealthy people that could be a part of the Titanic because they had different class levels, that type of thing, right? But so the idea was uh, the founding of the Federal Reserve was kind of kind of shrouded in secrecy, right? They 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 we found out after the fact that they were working on it. These central bankers um, on Jekyll Island they drafted up the Federal Reserve um, bill or whatever, uh, but there were opponents to this bill, and I believe three of the most prominent opponents drowned that day. So there's a, a little story there. There's a documentary about it. I forgot. I think it's called Jekyll Island or something like that. That's super spooky. Very interesting. There's also people that are thinking that, you know, obviously if this thing is happening and it's getting so much coverage, what are they? what is this distracting us from? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that has been theorized is that, funny enough, J.P. Morgan... Uh, is opening, or, or J.P. Morgan and BlackRock are opening this bank in Ukraine, basically to own Ukraine. And then that all got like passed and approved while we're all watching this submersible, you know. Really? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. There's an either a coincidence or an irony there that there's, you know, weird stuff with bankers and the t- depths of the sea and the Titanic. I see on your notes here, J.P. Morgan fined millions for deleting emails. Yeah, that was, a, that was like a news headline that dropped a couple days ago. Huh, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's an interesting story. Uh, there's also, I saw like a, on Vaguely, I, I imagine it was probably quite distance, but like a Rothschild was a part of the board of this company, Ocean 
Ocean, what is it? Ocean Gate. It's literally called Ocean Gate. Mm-hmm. The comp- okay, Ocean Gate Gate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I saw that and I should have clipped it. But what are you looking up? I was just looking up that Rothschild. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, if you can find it, cool. And if not, anything else? I think that's it. It was just weird. It was weird that we were all like looking at it at the same time. It was funny that all of everyone on the internet was a you know a submarine expert all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, I, but to be fair, it doesn't take an expert to know that if you're using like a GameCube controller to run this bad boy, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're in a bad position. Yeah. Well, I didn't pay too much attention to that. I became a Russia expert, a Russian um, coup expert. Didn't we all over the week and uh, an armchair expert? Oh yeah, this was literally me. So. I went to sleep listening to the space it was um, the live, the 24 hour space that happened on Twitter. And at one point there was like 125,000 people listening live on Twitter space. It was pretty nuts. But I was listening to it and I fell asleep that night and then they were talking about it all. Like, and I, and uh, then Putin comes on, he's going to give a speech. And this happened, I wake up at like 1230 listening to it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, all this stuff was going down. I was like riding this thing like a wave. I was... I did, um, I, yeah, so I woke up at like 1230, listened to the speech, listened to all of the, you know, talking about, oh my gosh, they're, it was like a movie. It was wild because if, if you listen to it live, especially like the way news events were coming out, it was like, okay, breaking, I got a story. And they'd come in with a story and it was like, okay. So it turns out they're getting clear two hours outside of Moscow. And, um, and after Putin's speech, Pergoshin, Pergoshin, uh made a statement on Telegram and it went viral and everybody's saying it and he's saying there's going to be a new president very soon and all these different things. And then, and then they shoot down helicopters. So there's like a literal ongoing civil war breaking out. I didn't hear about the helicopters. Yeah, there was like seven to nine people were killed by um, Wagner, by Wagner. And um, everybody calls it Wagner. These are all Russian experts. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like seven people, they, they shot down helicopters. They took over like oil or like gas places. I don't know, all these different things. Like they were doing it. They were like going all in on this like coup. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And I'm a fan of Putin. So um, just to, to make it clear, I'm rooting for Putin. And so I'm like, no. And so I literally woke up and I was like telling Brie, I was like, this is, this is happening right now. And I like panicked. I was like, oh no, I gotta go pray. And so I went in the living room and I was like, like listening and I, yeah. So anyways, um, we can maybe do a whole like Putin, why, uh, why Putin's greater than Biden uh, episode. I think that'd be pretty fun actually. Um, Doesn't take much to convince no, people of that. Not at all. At least. My thought is, and I'd like to get your two cents on this. Obviously, there is the story that broke last week that the Pentagon lost $6.2 billion or overpaid Ukraine. $6. Yeah. $6.2 billion, right? Yep. Do you think that that's tied to this in any way? I don't know. I, I initially thought, oh, that's kind of funny coincidence, you know. But apparently, based on the accounting error, it was based off of what they had previously sent. It wasn't like, oh, a new you know, payment type of thing. Now, it could have accounted for it and maybe, you know, you know, jimmied it in somehow to, to uh, assist. However, a lot of people are actually quite suspicious that 
our intelligence agencies and other Western country uh, and a certain Middle Eastern countries intelligence agencies were potentially involved. And I don't think that's off the table. I definitely think that could have very well been on the table. It's definitely in the U.S.'s interest. Yeah, that seems like something that we would have on the drawing board. Like, how do we destabilize Russia in any way? Mm-hmm. You know, so probably pay him off. Them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, he got cold feet right, right there. I guess he had a you know straight shot. Apparently, they'd already you know shot down helicopters. They were taking it very seriously. I think they're trying to frame it now as like, oh, it was just a. A glorified justice walk, and they were trying to make a political statement, right? And so it's still developing. I mean, I guess he, uh, Putin gave a speech today. Today's Monday. And, um, and I don't think he's parsing words. I mean, I think he's considering them, you know, enemies of the state. Um, but he's also being soft. He looks bad. It's an interesting thing. I'm very, very fascinated with this topic. But to go back to that Elon Musk meme, meme Oh, I, I dropped Did that. Did you delete mind. it? It's all right. It, it just was uh, that guy's like, I'm not sleeping tonight. And I literally did not sleep. I did I, for like a few hours, but I, I didn't get a lot of sleep. It was like four hours of sleep just listening to that whole stream. It was, a, it was a wild experience. I think something to take away from this is no matter what side of this Ukrainian-Russian conflict you know, it's hard to celebrate. And I saw a lot of like these neocons kind of getting all their appetites being wet for like war. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's happening. The it's ones that support off. Ukraine, right? Yes, the yeah. ones that support Ukraine. Uh, but it's like, you know, destabilizing a massive world power to that degree, one that has control of a massive nuclear arsenal, that's not good for anybody. And so it's like, it, it's, it should have been concerning. If you were on the side of, you know, this last week of kind of like just gearing up for the sidelines, it's like th- the consequences of that sort of thing happening are massive. And it's not good for anyone in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know what's bizarre to me is that it's weird to support Putin. No, not, it's not weird in America because you hear the propaganda and you know Putin's always demonized. He's this KGB, you know, Russian spy agent, murderer, all these bad things. But then you look at the actual facts of the situation. He's one of the most um, prominent defenders of traditional values, of traditional family values. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. Actually, I had, I should have brought the clip. I didn't want to like necessarily do the whole like Putin clips thing, but, um, he is, was baptized in the Eastern Orthodox into the faith by his mother. Um, I don't verify this, but there's, there's a good source for this that, um, somebody close to him had, had told, um, a Netherlands professor this, um, in an interview. Um, so his mother had he'd baptized him during the times of the Soviet Union, but could not tell his dad because his, if his dad had known and they'd known uh, in, the, in the Soviet Union, they would have killed him. He would have been, you know, gotten in a lot of trouble or they would have gotten at Putin. I don't know what it was, but it was not okay to be a Christian within communist Russia for sure. But from what I hear and understand is that he actually is uh, a Christian, which is probably why he defends Christian values. But we see this disparity, right? Where you, in Western culture, you see Pride Week at the White House, where our country... Now, I love America. I love American values. But you see a disparity where there's an inconsistency. We've been subverted. And um, our country, at least under this presidency, does not represent my values. Now, Putin, on the other hand, 
He does. What's funny is, so pull up that tweet of, of um, I think it's like a bunch of girls. It's going viral today. It's not just girls, but there's like all young Russians singing, I am, I am a Russian. And they're all in shape or at least not out of shape. And I thought that was cool. Go to the tweet under it. Because there's a tweet under it that's like, uh, I never knew this. Let's watch it, actually. I think it's, it might be a little long. We can cut out of it. But it says, did you know that Vladimir Putin... Russian's president. He's passed a law that any Russian who grows or sells genetically modified foods is to be considered a terrorist. Awesome. He's even giving land away to Russians who will grow food organically, non-GMO. You put his name and GMO in Google that and you'll read the spiel. He says, we Russians look across at the West, over-vaccinated, over-medicated, over-fed, sitting in front of boxes every night in their lounge rooms, eating food that has no nutrients, he said, and we know it's weakening the West. Is he right? Absolutely right. That's good. Unfortunately, Monsanto... So, yeah, <laughs> sounds good to me. I mean, I, we can't get away from modified foods, genetically modified foods. So for, for the sake of the audience, why don't you clarify sure. your support of Putin just a little bit? I think we're close friends and we talk about it a lot more yeah. than the audience will be allowed to be, get, get into this conversation. But when you say Putin upholds the values that you, that you value, that are in alignment with you... You're not talking about the like hot button things that the rest of the world views Putin because when when other people hear that they hear, oh, okay, so you know imprisoning political opposition and uh, news outlets and you know and reporters. yeah no he's not he's not uh, you know definitely he's a he's a dictator, but so was David, King David was was a king. I mean, so I don't think that this that immediately disqualifies him. I'm not saying he's like a, a you know perfect saint, but what I will say is that since his getting into power, from what I understand, he's gotten rid of many oligarchs who were lording over the people, and a lot of the power has been distributed back to the people. Now, of course, he's kind of king of Russia, but is it possible he's a benevolent king? I think it's possible. I think he's definitely done a better job of. A lot of our Western leaders. I think that's, that's not a full endorsement, but it is to say, from what I see, I mean, I, I support him over China, you know, over a lot of, you know, American leadership. But yeah, whenever people, people like try to make him bad name, I was, oh, like, especially during the Trump era, like Trump's, you know, a Russian spy, all these different things. And it obviously wasn't true. It came out, it wasn't true. But they use it as a dirty name and they slander people and they kick out their opposition media like RT, Russia Today, television. They can't, they're, they're not welcome in America anymore. But they used to provide some of the best Ron Paul news. I don't know if you remember, but some of their news was actually quite, quite good. Now, of course, it's like sponsored by the state and so you can't necessarily trust it, but come on. You guys know um, we're going down a rabbit hole here on the topic, but maybe it's worth it. Uh, as far as, was it Project Mockingbird? There's like a CIA operation to get, you know, operat operatives into the media and their assets of the, C of the state 
and to the media. In fact, Roseanne Barr has a podcast out. She just has two episodes out. But she talked about in her first episode, she talked about how during Obama's administration, I forget what the law was called, or it was either the law was passed or um, repealed. I forget what it was. Brent, no, that's different. Um, but it was effectively that the government could propagandize its own people legally, whereas previously that was not the case. This is the U.S. government. The U.S. government but, yeah, can bro- this, this is the U.S. government propagandize its own people. And of course, that would, should be illegal. I mean, you should be able to trust you know, your government. I don't. I think you'd be naive too. God bless you. But yeah, rooting for Putin. <laughs> okay, there's, there's another topic here, and this is what's actually interesting, because in the news, I think it was today, yeah, it was the tweet by Kim.com. Um, so I'm a big, um, I'm very fascinated with crypto. Have been for a little while now. So Kim.com, he's prominent, you know, internet figure. I believe he did a mega upload. He did a lot of early internet. Uh, he made a lot of money during that time, but he's also kind of affiliated with the Julian Assange people. Um, that whole like... My kind of people. Yeah. The libertarian crowd. I think he's kind of in that world, right? Um, well... He says in his tweet today, I think it was today, Biden is trashing crypto. And now BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, plus, and <laughs> they're doing plus now, that's cool, um, embraces crypto to accelerate de-dollarization. Genius. So you see in this war where what's funny, though, is that China banned you know, Bitcoin uh, famously in 2021, and they've done it multiple times. Um, and then they, they introduce their central bank digital currency. This is where we're at, right? Explain what a central bank digital currency is for people, because this, this might be kind of niche for some of us. Yeah. Well, first, I'm going to kind of talk about Bitcoin and the origin real quick. So Bitcoin, for those that don't know, and I'm, most do, uh, dude, that's a fun, we should go down that rabbit hole sometime, Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, and the mystery around that. But so Bitcoin was obviously created in response to the 2008 financial crisis and the bailing out of the major banks who made mistakes, made, you know, dumb loans and got in trouble for it. Um, and they got bailed out by the government. Well, of course, their frustration and inflation happens. And so I don't know the actual origin story, but essentially I'll just read this. This was the Internet's. What is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is a digital currency that was invented by Satoshi Nakamoto in 2008 and released. Its origin story remains shrouded in mystery, but it has undergone rapid growth to become a significant store of value both on and offline. Some businesses began accepting Bitcoin in addition to traditional currencies from the mid-2010s. The identity of Satoshi Nakamoto could have an immense impact on Bitcoin's economics and internal politics. It's a lot of mystery there, but anyway, that spawned like a new technological era of cryptocurrencies. And so because I believe it was open source, that technology was able to be copied, duplicated, and turned into all kinds of different things, which is becoming, it's going to become what they call Web3, which is like third generation of the internet. So what is, what was the question now to get to that? What is a central bank digital currency? What's crazy is the NSA actually 
may have invented or been the origin of the technology, which is confusing. What is the NSA again? The National, National Security Association. Security Association, okay. And so there's a whole conspiracy theory about that, how Bitcoin could be affiliated with. A lot of people think this, and I'm not saying it's absolutely not the case. I don't think it is personally. However, um, a central bank digital currency. So China came out with one of these. It's the state-sponsored, the state-issued currency, so digital dollar. But what's scary about it is it would probably be the same as China's when issued here in America, and we're on the cusp of it. It's about to happen. You know, they're, they're talking about it, the Fed coin, as they call it. And so what will happen is you'll, everything's already digital. So it'll be convenient. I'm sure it'll have, you know, the nice pitch of like, oh, this is awesome. You know, we'll be able to do, do your taxes, issue your, your return. Or, you know, if we um, inflate the currency even more, then we can issue you your stimulus checks instantly. And so they're going to utilize the technology in a, in, a, in a positive way. But the problem is... At any point, they can integrate and probably will integrate your social credit score of, you know, what you do with your credit card. They're just, but the, the potential for it's terrible. The centralization of the currency and of its citizens is they can excise you from society. And so I had a big panic moment in 2020 when I started seeing all this stuff. Man, I panicked, panicked. This was the, this was the darkest moment of my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. So I talked about this in a previous podcast with Matt Grego, where we're talking about the apocalypse and all these different things. Well, I freaked out because I started seeing the writing on the wall. And then you start, see, I, I saw that the Congress had introduced a bill about the digital dollar. And I was like, oh no, this is happening. And then you see the coin shortage happening, right? Where there's no more coins. And, and so you're starting to see, oh my gosh, they're going to, Wrap, you know, pull us into a digital centralized dollar and it's going to be the mark of the beast system. It's that type of thing. I was, I became very, very fearful of it. And then it wasn't until like 2021 where I was like, oh, wait a minute. This could be a positive technology potentially, as well as evil. It has a potential for both. It's just a tool. And then I came across this guy, Mark Moss. He gave me uh, a lot of, I don't know, good perspective. But he talks about this age thing. And in fact, I got some of my ideas on that from him um, and the uh, book, The Fourth Turning. But he talks about it. I'll let him say it. Let's talk uh, macro environment first. Uh, Stuff's messed up. (laughs) It just seems to be breaking, to say the least. What is your analysis as to like where we are today? Right, Like when you say on the the economic world, like how do you describe where we are? Yeah, well, I think if you zoom out and then zoom out and then zoom out again, right? So a big thesis I've been working on for about a year and a half is like three revolutionary cycles that are converging, that are changing the world. So we have a 250-year political revolution cycle. Every 250 years, the world, the pendulum swings from centralization and swings back to decentralization. Okay. 250 years ago was the American Revolution, pushed back on the centralization of the monarchy, set up a decentralized republic government. 250 years before that, Protestant Reformation. So we have that on this cycle. On an 80-year cycle, there's a financial revolution cycle, 80 years ago, Bretton Woods Agreement, et cetera. On a 50-year cycle, there's a technological revolution cycle every 50 years. There's been five of them, and we're in the sixth one right now. So all three are converging right now. So that's like super high level. When you zoom in, you see that in real life. So we have like this war of globalism right now, the WEF, um, Davos, Europe, 
right? ECB, et cetera. Um, and so I think the world is breaking apart because of that, because it's on this time frame. And then, of course, it's being exaggerated, played out in real time with Russia, Ukraine. Okay, China, that's good for that clip. Breaking down. So uh, I like that, that he kind of, I guess he has a thesis. I probably should have looked that up, but I just kind of wrote some notes. But I, I remembered that. That always stuck with me. First, he says the 250-year revolutionary cycle. And so he's, you know, as through the Christian Protestant uh, perspective, the story of the Protestant Reformation, you have the centralization of the Catholic Church. Everybody that was a Christian within, you know, Europe was a Roman Catholic. And the problem there was, is that the people didn't have access to the scriptures. That the only way that they could have access to the scriptures was uh, by, you know, their priest teaching it to them. And so then the technological revolution of the printing press happens, right? And so you have that allows the Bible to be printed in their own language, in German. And so that happens, and then the power gets distributed. So there's this you know, big decentralization event that happens through this revolution, the Reformation. Positive event. I see it as a very, very good event. 250 years or so after that, you have the, the American Revolution, where you have Great Britain's trying to lord over Americans, taxation without representation, and they come together and they create a republic, power to the people. Awesome. Now, now he says that we're at about, it's about to converge, right? We have the 250, you have the, and then he says the 80-year uh, financial revolution cycle, and then you have the 50-year technological revolution. He kind of ties it to the railroads, like you said, um, different technologies, how they disrupt the order of the earth in the world, how it, how it operates. And it's good because it disrupts. It shakes things up. And the people that have gained and obtained the power over those 50 years or whatever, they won't be the ones at the top necessarily anymore. You have innovations. You have other people that are taking advantage of these things, early adopters, whatever. So that's kind of how I see crypto. We're, at the, we're in this new era of um, potential where we can create a peer-to-peer financial system but not just that that's what's crazy about web3 is it doesn't require a third party the potential is there and so i i I, in 2021 i got so encouraged i was like oh wait a minute this is like this is the parallel economy this is like the avenue out of the system as it is um there's that idea that if Everything is centralized. The potential for catastrophe is that much greater. But if everything is distributed, power is distributed evenly, then, you know, little tyrant over here that doesn't have power is not going to cause as much trouble as he would in a centralized scenario. And so, yeah, I'm a big fan of the idea of uh, distributed power. And I think that crypto was really going to do that. So I'm a big fan. And so there's this guy, um, Charles Hoskinson. I really follow this guy. Uh, I have for a few years now. But he's the creator. He, he was originally with Ethereum. And then he branched off from Ethereum. And I think there was some drama there. And then he ended up creating Cardano. So Cardano, ADA, is you know, one of my preferred cryptocurrencies. Um, 
but he uh, Charles Hoskinson came out and he he's he's very based on a lot of this stuff of course but specifically in regards to decentralization and distributed power it's like the 1930s staring at the 1940s everybody knows something's brewing they don't quite know what exactly is going to happen but they know nothing will ever be the same again the reality is that we have a great convergence of trends and technologies which will completely redefine everything from how our governments operate to who's in control to who has a say over how your life goes so quickly we noticed the covid lockdowns how we all went from living in a free society to not how quickly can things change with the world of generative ai with global transnational agreements being signed where nation states no longer have full say over their people and yes finance is going to be in the crosshairs there are people who want to create cbdc's and these cbdc's are not just about more efficient money they're not just about somehow getting rid of cash because that's better for society according to a few they're about putting the control of what you're allowed to spend your money on into the hands of people you've never met you don't vote for and are unaccountable to any legislative process and in some cases don't even live in your country if for example you've already filled your tank of gas this is where it gets scary maybe you're not allowed to do that until next week because you've got your weekly allotment that can be decided by a bureaucrat not the president not your congressman but by someone you've never met from an agency you probably don't even know about the same could be said for any activity that's determined to be not socially beneficial or fit into a particular agenda this system is not a hypothetical scenario it's one that's being put into place with social credit in the people's bank of china today right now <laughs> for over 1.5 billion people crazy has already been deployed thanks to partnerships with tencent and others to over 200 million people so that's good but in yeah america there are i mean he gets it he's been pioneering and he's kind of creating the life raft or one of the life rafts and i think that's what's cool about it um in general now of course i'm approaching this at the very ground levels assuming you don't know anything but you know there's 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 currently and i don't think it has enough attention that's part of why i wanted to talk about it not that i'll give it that much more attention but i think it's like a critical moment right now where the sec this was like a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago is attacking cardano calling it a security separate from ethereum therefore it cannot be exchanged on coinbase and binance and then they sue binance the sec sues binance so there's like this co um there's this real concerted effort to attack um seeming you know cryptocurrencies or altcoins and then funny enough they come out with the bitcoin etf that gets approved and blackrock is a part of this whole situation and so they want to be the middleman between the people and the coin which makes it difficult you're going to try it you can trade in it like a baseball card or something but you can't necessarily use it as a means of exchange i think that's where the threat is we're peer-to-peer -peer. that's where i'm that's where i'm at because then you can create a parallel economy yeah the second you can develop a like an efficient point of sale that's convenient to use right yeah that doesn't utilize the credit card systems the banks that's next to free 
you don't have to pay, you know, 5% or whatever the, you know, credit card processing fees or whatever the fee is, 0.5% or whatever it is. Um, but what's crazy is he called it actually, I think at the beginning of this year, beginning of last year, he's like, get ready. It's going to get heavy. They're going to come after, they're going to come after us. They're going to try to make it illegal. You know that they banned, um, citizens from having gold or they had to confiscate gold in the during world war ii mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy so that's that's actually my primary maybe not my primary but my first concern with these uh centralized digital currencies is that a major issue we are already have in this country is asset forfeiture uh people that are accused of committing financial crimes <clears throat> or suspected of them uh find their bank accounts frozen their safety deposit boxes emptied out and there's no guarantee that you'll get it back and if it's that easy for uh, the government to do that in the U.S. right now with physical assets, you know, how much easier will it be for them to do that once we're all on a centralized digital currency? So I think it would be, be beneficial if you have a second to kind of explain why the centralized uh, digital currency is different from a system like ADA and how that's kind of protected in, under a Cardano currency. Because for a lot of people, like, oh, it's digital, it's scary, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't actually understand every single thing like un- under the hood as far as uh, crypto is concerned. But the difference would be, say, from holding something in the bank is that, you know, the bank could be um, your money in the bank could be seized. It could be confiscated. It can, you know, the Fed can. The problem is to confiscate your your Bitcoin or your ADA or whatever it is, they have to have your private keys. Now, if you don't give them your private keys, they can't just go and get them. So you are your own bank. So with that comes two things, right? You're, you, if you, if you lose your keys, you lose your crypto. That doesn't happen with the bank, right? I mean, you have, um, you're insured, FDIC insured to a certain amount with certain banks, right? Uh, if you lose, for example, when I was, a, I had some money in Voyager and I used Voyager, which was a cryptocurrency exchange, but they actually went under this isn't a great case for crypto, but they went under and they were actually ended up being bought out by FTX, which was the Sam Bankman Fried whole situation. Well, I, I only had cash in that account, but they were FDIC insured. So I was able to get my cash out. Um, all my crypto was on private wallets. They didn't have that. They weren't, they weren't my custodian. So when you are your own custodian for your, your own stuff, well, the government has to come to you. Yeah, they can you know, say, hey, you're being sued. You're, you know, we're going to put you in jail until you give us... They still can't confiscate it. And um, so there's that. And that's not to say they can't punish you or do you do other things to you um, if you don't give them that type of thing. But there's that. So that would make it different. Does that answer your question? I think so. I think that explains how, in that regard this digital currency is different from something like a central banking digital currency in that the government doesn't necessarily have its hands in your pocket all the time. You can pull it out, you can put it in a private wallet and you have control of that, you know, uh, asset or whatever that you're holding versus one that happens to be controlled by the U S government. Yeah. And then as far as CBDC versus CBD goes, where are they similar in that regard? Like, where can I buy CBD? Versus... <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. It's same just, thing. yeah, just, I just C- wanted to clear that up. I knew there was a couple of questions yeah, out there for that. Yeah, so. It's the same exact thing. So anyway, so the SEC is going after Cardano, calling it a security. 
which is really just a technicality, which is, it's not that different than Ethereum, for example, but Ethereum's the chosen one in Bitcoin and a few others. But you have some that don't play by the rules or maybe might be a combat, um, a fighter like Charles Hoskinson, who's the founder of, or the creator of, one of the creators of Cardano. And so he's obviously a dissident to a degree. And so he's probably not going to play by the same um, rules where you have like um, DEI, ESG, those types of things. He's actually an opponent of the, the WEF. But the, you, you don't have to be, you know, a genius to know that that type of mentality is centralized. That is the social credit system being, you know, imported onto you. And they'll force it on you with a central bank digital currency. And they'll probably bribe us into it saying, hey, you want your stimulus check? Well, you got to get, get a bank account with central bank digital currency. You got to, you know, get, get on board with the government here. Yeah. Did you collect your uh, black square bonus this, yeah. this quarter, you know? Yeah, exactly. There'll be incentives, value incentives based on government um, causes or whatever. So I'm not a fan, big fan of the idea of creating a parallel economy. And with that, we need a means of exchange that is not controlled through a centralized force. And so the potential is there. Do your own research, not financial advice. I am not an expert. Um, but if you need any more reason for this, there's a documentary I saw this week called uh, The Money Masters. And you don't have to play it. You, I mean, but you, you can find it on Rumble. It's called The Money Masters. This, it's a long documentary, but if you're interested in the, in the, in the origin of central banks, because it's not just the Federal Reserve. It's like the Bank of England. They already popped up in Italy, and, and there's a certain family behind it, but I'll let you do your research. Maybe we'll put all that stuff behind a paywall one day. Um, we'll create a, 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 a private members-only party type of thing where we'll get into all this murky territory. But I think that kind of covers that. You had a question, or was that your question? That was my question, yeah. I think, cool. I think that the kind of novice in this topic will see the correlation between digital currencies and be skittish. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's worthwhile knowing you should do your research because they're not all the same. Yeah. There, and and there, there are, are a lot of scams. There are a ton. So, yeah. so uh, there's Liberty. There's, there's a, yes. a chance for you to really be autonomous and, and to hold assets that other people can't control. But you know, there's you, risks you need in to that zone as well. Yep. For sure. Cool. So I think we're on to a final video or no questions. Do we have any listener questions? Are we good? Um, I don't think I had any formal, okay. uh, yeah, questions okay. this week. I know that there was uh, some people talking about what are the other things that are happening in the country while we're all distracted with this uh, submarine situation. I mean, Hunter Biden gets off scot-free. I never heard about what, what ha happened with that. So that he came to a plea agreement that is basically like n he has like probation or something for all of the crimes that he's, Sounds he's about right. uh, committed. Uh, yeah, uh, JP Morgan of BlackRock set up a national bank in Ukraine. So that gets approved. Mm. Um, so oddly, very cool. Yes. Awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, a few others, there was like an email scandal with JP Morgan. I'm not sure what that was all about, but like a notable week for weird news and everyone is, you know, tweeting and memeing about this boat or this ship, you know, mm -hmm. useless, useless information stuff.
which we totally talked about, so we participated in. Well, cool. Let's do the final video. Yeah, I got a couple. This one uh, gave me... I don't know what these are. This gave me a little bit of hope. This was... It's kind of a uh, TikTok trend, but I'll let you take a look. Okay. You got it. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, that's right. It's like five seconds long. Are you ready? I can't read that. Okay, this says, quote, I'm going to grow up and be an atheist leftist activist with a rainbow flag. Make America gay is what that flag says. Okay. Ready? I'm going to grow up and be an astronaut. I'm on a Mexican radio. Fights for fetal rights and praises God every day. So she, she was on this trajectory to be like your typical leftist activist kid and oh, uh, get saved. Oh, so she got red-pilled. Yeah, she totally got red-pilled. Praise God. So that just encouraged me this week. Awesome. Uh, this uh, is my pitch to you, my formal pitch for a segment I think we should do with every guest that comes on the show, and I'll let you be the judge of it right now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. What is that? So there, he's blindfolded, <laughs> and they're he's trying they, to spank people. He has, he has, they all have these little ducks on their feet, a chicken on their feet that squeak <laughs> when they move. <laughs> <laughs> They, oh, we definitely got to do that. <laughs> I love how committed we just imagine is. we get like a high profile guest <laughs> and I spank them. <laughs> you imagine me spanking Michael Knowles. <laughs> this poor dude keeps getting whacked. That's funny. All right, so that's my formal, that's formal pitch for that that's one. That's a great idea. Whoever invented that's that a genius. Very fun. Very funny. Oh, and that's then, it. Uh, oh, one, one more. more. I wanted to uh, share this clip because this is the reminder that we all outlived Greta Thunberg's uh, Doomsday Clock this week. Is everyone okay? Are you all still alive? Because today is the day that Greta Thunberg said the world would be wiped out and humanity would cease to exist because of climate change. Yes, exactly. Five years ago on the 21st of June 2018, Greta Thunberg posted this tweet saying that fossil fuels and climate change would wipe us all out. Hmm. As far as I can tell, yeah, I'm still alive. How about everyone else? And yes, Everybody knows it wasn't her writing those. There's no way she was the, gen- the, the, the person of agency writing all of this stuff. I believe there was an actual story about her dad being like a fed or, you know, the some, equivalent some connected in some yeah. way. And that, you know, so she was a, she was the proxy. We should build a website that is all the, uh, all of the ecological doomsday clocks that have all passed. Yeah. There's like seven yeah. of them and they're all like in the negative now. We should be counting the days since the end of the world. So AOC has a doomsday clock, doesn't she? She said 12 years. We have 12 years. She said that like three, four years ago. <clears throat> so I'd be curious what year that is. We should, we should. Uh, I think we're past it. It was not 12 years ago. She said 12 years. I don't know if you find it. I'm not saying like a formal clock. Okay. Well, either way, we're still alive. We're still kicking. We're still driving gas cars. We're also driving electric cars. Um, I'm going to get my Ford Bronco. 
Whether or not it's illegal by the time I get it. Do you want like an old school one or do you yeah. want like a new one? 70s. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Okay, that's about that. Um, couple things. If you hold crypto, you like crypto, what coins do you hold? Comment below if you're on YouTube. Um, if you haven't left a review, leave a review on Apple. That would help us. We're trying to get the show moving in the algorithms, okay? And um, get, uh, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, subscribe, follow us on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the things. Again, help us out. Let's try to reach a, a bigger audience, and uh, we're going to try to get some people on the show, do some more collaborations. And uh, I've been a little nervous about it, but I think we're going to have fun with it. I think we're ready. You think we're ready? I think I'm ready. Okay. Thank you for watching the show. I love you. Bye.